Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. It's time. It's time. It's time. It's time for the hard-hitting analysis you won't find anywhere else. Here's former Super Bowl winning scout Brian Broaddus and Bobby Belt. Ten, five, victory! Cowboys win! This is Love of the Star. 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 Welcome back to another edition of the Love of the Star. I am Bobby Bell, Dallas Cowboys insider for 105.3 The Fan in Dallas, the radio flagship home of the Cowboys. Joined, as always, by Brian Broaddus, former Super Bowl winning NFL scout, uh, now co-host of the G-Bag Nation on 105.3 The Fan in Dallas, 2 to 7 p.m. Central, Monday through Friday. And uh, we are joined by one of our old friends here on the Cowboys beat. Um, she became a trader this last offseason and jumped ship to a more winning football team, uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, it's Brianna Dix, and you can follow her on Twitter at Brianna Dix NFL. Uh, Brian, Brianna, great to be with you guys this evening. How are y'all doing? I'm doing great, Bobby. How are you? I'm wonderful. I'm I'm exceedingly tired, little loopy at this point, um, but but I, I, I'm kind of catching a little bit of a an end of the day high from coming on here to to record. So I I think we should be good. Lots to talk about with the Buccaneers. Brian, how are you doing? Uh, you, you found your truck yet? For those who follow uh, us on Twitter, no, you saw Brian no, Broaddus got his truck stolen the other day. No, I haven't found my truck, Bobby. Thanks for asking. I'm Damn very it. popular, though, in El Paso with the Progressive Insurance Company. <laughs> they're all big Cowboy fans out there, and they're really happy about our podcast. And they're really happy about our guests because we're going to learn about the Buccaneers. I tell you about what I see with the Buccaneers. This lady, she lives in the building with the Buccaneers. She flies with the Buccaneers. It's so good to have Bree on with us today and, and kind of give us a little insight about that that really good football team they got there in uh, Tampa, Florida. So, Bree, there's a, a couple things here about this Buccaneers team. I mean, there are a few things we could talk about. A dramatic offseason with uh, the retirement yeah. psych not really retiring, uh, <laughs> yeah. followed by the coach actually retiring and, and all the different changes there. There are the issues along the offensive line. I guess the the first thing we should probably catch up with because it's the the biggest, newsiest, most relevant item to right now. Bree, what's the latest with Chris Godwin? Is he going to be playing on Sunday, you think? It is going to be a game-time decision. So he didn't practice today, but during the week, um, on Wednesday, Monday, he was wearing the orange no-contact jersey, um, but shed the brace, didn't have the knee brace on, and he looks confident out there but I think it's and he spoke in open locker room today but I think basically it comes down to a how does he feel on Sunday because like he mentioned with ACL injuries every day is its own you know how he feels today might not be how he feels on Sunday and the Bucks are in a really good position with a receiving core you added Russell Gage you added Julio Jones they're loaded you have Mike Evans so there isn't really a rush to get him back and then B, what is he cleared to play? What what are the trainers saying? What does Todd Bowles want to do? And then combining that, and we'll see what what ends up happening on on Sunday. But he's making really really great strides. I think every time he's out there and you see him cut, you see him run. You know, you hold your breath a little bit, but he's looking. I mean, he's looking great, and I think it would everyone's excited for the progress that he has made. 
um, from the torn ACL and MCL. So we'll we'll see what happens on Sunday. I, I got I got to say I empathize yeah. with that though the fear of him cutting because we got Michael Gallup back in individuals yeah. on Wednesday yeah. and literally I think everybody kind of winced just watching him cut the very first time because we're like oh my gosh what's gonna happen right. but yeah but to- totally the, sympathize the with great that. Great thing though too is. Chris was saying in the locker room today that because his wasn't a no-contact freak injury where he made that sudden change of direction and he just falls to the ground, that it was the hit to the knees through the legs by P.J. Williams um, in Week 15 last season, that he's like, I don't have that fear element that a lot of players are going to have, you know, when you step on the field. So now he's like, when I take that hit, like, I'm good. Like, let's ball. It's just that that element of getting over that first hit, and then he'll be, you know, he'll be good to go. Bree, this might be an unfair question, but you, like I said, you do such a great job of covering this team. Is do you know if it's going to be his decision? Is it a trainer's decision, or is it really both? That are they going to go out there and and you know and, and test it, uh, but on uh, on Sunday, or are or you feel like that they'll have this decision made by say Saturday when they get on the plane? I think it's ultimately going to be a a collective decision. And Todd Bowles was even asked that today. Is it more of Chris Godwin's decision if he feels ready? Is it more on on you? Is it the trainers? And I think it's kind of a a little bit of both. But they're in a great position, so Chris doesn't feel like he's pressured to come back to really help this team. And looking in retrospect at last season – where they were in the playoffs. Their wide receiver core was decimated. So he understands that it's more important throughout a 17-game season to have him through the brunt of the season down the stretch. So there isn't that rush now if he's not feeling quite up to it or or they want to have him on a limited snap count, whatever. They're, they're in a good position either way, whether he plays or whether he waits week two, week three. There were a, a number of changes on the interior of the offensive line for the Buccaneers. I, I mean, a, a radical shift. In some ways, you could say they, they may have gotten better in some ways because, uh, you know, Shaq Mason is a very good football player. Yeah. Um, but but there has been a lot of turnover there. You've got Robert Hainsey kind of manning center right now. Um, you, you've got the rookie, Luke Gedecky. Actually, I don't think that's how you pronounce it. You, you tell me, Bree, what's the pronunciation on Luke? Uh, Gedecky. Gedecky. See, there you go. Luke Gedeke, that's but what we got But if it makes here. you feel any better, that's how I thought it was initially that's... and probably the first, like, two days. <laughs> Gedeke, I, I won't ever forget yeah. it now. Luke Gedeke, uh, the the yeah. tackle uh, from Central Michigan, will be starting at guard, the rookie. So so two inexperienced guys there on the interior, Hainsey yeah. and uh, Gedeke, and guys who are transitioning from tackle. These aren't even their, their normal positions. And yeah. Uh, I know Tom Brady was asked about it on uh, his podcast with Jim Gray that he does. And he had mentioned, you know, kind of talked about how, look, you know, you can't always expect perfection. You know, they, these are young guys, everything else. But I'm also expecting them to be really good. They, they need to be really, really good. But right. uh, what's the confidence level in that building right now in in just that interior of the offensive line where a lot of teams, Mike McCarthy even kind of talked about it this week, feel like that's the way you get to Tom Brady is right, right. up the gut. Well, and I think they they realize that and they've talked about it because I think externally, that's what everybody's talking about, right? All the media members, the offensive line, the shuffle, that's where the focus is. But inside that building, they have the utmost confidence in in those guys. And I think with Luke coming in, he's a guy that primarily play, played right tackle in, at Central Michigan, but it was out of necessity. You know, they knew that he was that natural fit at guard, at center, with his ability to anchor in pass protection, but they needed that spot at right tackle. And he actually transitioned even at Central Michigan from tight end, gained like 95 pounds. Um, so obviously has a very, very small sample size working at guard. So the biggest thing for him and like, we have gone through many times with the Cowboys musical chairs on the offensive line is the transitioning from one side to the other. So for him, the biggest thing was, okay, adjusting like coordination and hand placement. And he was even told me that, I mean, he has seriously started writing like with his non-dominant hand Mm -hmm. to help him. Like he has started Mm -hmm. writing left-handed um, because I mean, he's like, it's literally like you're, you're throwing a football with your non-dominant hand. So he's having to adjust, you know, the hand placement, the coordination, but I think, you know, really throughout as he's worked on pad level, as he's 
they've gotten that consistency. And during practice, you've seen Tom Brady, you know, grabbing grabbing Robert Hainsey, grabbing Luke, and working with all of them, and that he has that connection already with Shaq Mason. Um, I think you know they're in they're in a really good place at this point um, up front. So it'll be interesting to see what ends up happening. I think one of my favorite matchups that I'm that I'm looking for is Luke versus Osa Odigizua, and then flip sided Tyler Smith, your rookie, versus Joe Tryon Inca of the Bucks. So, Wait, okay, when you so you just mentioned that, Brina, I'll let you expand on that. Where do you think this game will hinge? Because me personally, I kind of feel like you have two quarterbacks that will find a way to get the ball out quick enough to not have to make the offensive line be the factor in this game. I mean, it might come down to which group, and and Bobby likes to say which kind of patchwork young group can pull it together. Me personally, I kind of feel like it's in the secondary. Which secondary – is going to be able to cover. You mentioned all the quality of the wide receivers with the Bucks. You know, the Cowboys in the secondary with with Brown and Diggs and Lewis. We'll see with Lewis's health. It looks like it's going to be okay uh, as we get going forward. But where do you feel like this game could could very well hinge either way for the for the Bucks or for the Cowboys? Right. I I think Regardless, I think the offensive line is going to be a big factor depending on how they're able to win those one-on-one matchups. But I think the defenses, the Cowboys, Dan Quinn comes back for that second year, but also for for the Buccaneers. I mean, we have a lot of – I mean, you have Joe Tryon, that this is going to be his first year in that full-time role. Like you had – you know, they had JPP. They didn't re-sign him. And now you have him opposite of Shaq Barrett. And last year, you know, he was utilized more to maximize his time on the field as a rookie. So he rushed from, you know, the five technique, the three technique. He was an off-ball linebacker. He was doing all of these things. But then this year, he's now going to be kind of that three-four outside linebacker role. So he plays as a stand-up in for you, Bree? Is that really as a stand-up rusher? Okay, yeah. So and he's been a huge bright spot for the Bucks throughout throughout the offseason with you know his quickness and kind of making guys overset to the outside and then he wins on the inside. Um, and then also we have so many new faces in the secondary. We have Keanu Neal now, you have Logan Ryan. And I think that's shifted everything because you used to have Antoine Winfield that was more kind of that free safety with his awareness. But now he's our slot guy, so he's been kind of roaming near near the line of scrimmage. But you have Keanu Neal that's got the skills as a box safety. You've got Logan Ryan, who's been um, as the has had experience both at safety and both as the nickel nickel corner. So I think for me, it's how do all of these pieces work together, and are they able to find that that continuity? Because I think you know last year. The Bucks. One of the big things was the attention to detail, and that's something that Todd Bowles has stressed. You know, they had some missed tackles later on, honing in on on the details and wanting to get more competition in the secondary than what they had previously last season, and wanting to get some more speed. So now you have all of these elements, but can how can they work cohesively together? And during the off season, you didn't really see a set group of guys. I mean, they were constantly rotating in the secondary, rotating guys at the line. So it's how does the how does this form together? You know, Akeem Hicks next to Vita Vea, what does that look like? You have Logan Hall that's going to be rotating in as the three technique. So I think that's a lot of the question marks also because I think a lot of the the input has been on the offensive line because you have a new interior. But we all know Tom Brady's. 45 years old. There isn't a lot of things that he hasn't seen at the line of scrimmage, and he can get the ball out quick. So for me, the defense, there's so many question marks other than really, you know, the the middle with Levante, Dave, and Devin White, but there's everything else is a question mark. Who would you say if you had to pick one player, either offensively or defense, defensively, the Cowboy fans need to think that this might be Tampa's X-factor player? I, I You know, as a guy that maybe is flying under the radar or somebody that they know is going to show up in this game on Sunday night for them? I would say offensively, I am going to go with Russell Gage 
So Chris Godwin had a really big game against the Cowboys last season with his yards after catch. And obviously he's a question mark, but I think Russell Gage can be that guy in, in the slot that can really do damage and, you know, versus Jordan Lewis. Um, I've, and he's had an outstanding camp. I mean, at one point Todd was like, we haven't had anybody that can cover this guy. Mm-hmm. I mean, in one-on-one reps, his releases, I mean, he has been an absolute animal um, all over the field, you know, beating over the top of the defense during practices, winning on the underneath routes. So I think he's going to be really dynamic. And then on the defense, I would say for us, the guy that I'm excited to see is Antoine Winfield, whether it's him back at free safety or whether he's covering, um, you know, running back outpacing them to the sideline or blitzing. He's, He's had splash plays probably every single day more than anybody we've seen throughout the defense. So those are the two guys that I'm kind of looking at as the as the egg packster this year. Three last question for you here. Uh, with C.D. Lamb, kind of the discussion's been about he he's a big part of, you, you know, he, he's really like kind of the only big threat that the Cowboys have in the receiving game, especially to push things down the field. Um do you think that's an instance of Carlton Davis is just in his hip pocket following him around, or is it one of those things where if he's outside, Carlton Davis is on him. If he's inside, they're going to put Antoine Winfield on him. How do you see them approaching C.D. Lamb? I think they're definitely going to shuffle around guys. I think if he's outside, you'll have Carlton Davis, or if he moves into the slot, um, you'll have Antoine on him. I don't think they're going to specifically have one guy. And, I mean, they've said that over and over. We are going to have a ton of different packages. We are going to be rotating guys. And everybody has been cross-training. Everybody has been interchangeable. And I think that's one of the reasons why they love the versatility of Logan Ryan, of Keanu Neal, because now you have all of these guys coming in, and that frees up Antoine to do all of these different things that they weren't able to do previously. Um, but also, I'm interested to see if the Cowboys use, as we had all talked about, Tony Pollard more now that you don't have. Come on, Bree, you covered this team. You know better right. than that. But the, <laughs> the wide receivers at this yeah, point, okay, yeah. are you going to have Tony more involved in in the passing game and you guys have Turpin to do more of the, the special teams? Yeah. Know going to be an interesting That's matchup I, I'm excited to see this game I'm ready for actual football I'm tired of talking about uh what what could be and, and I'm ready to actually see a football game and uh we're ready to see you out of the the stadium on Sunday night Bree uh for your little homecoming uh Brianna Dix is a staff writer and reporter for the Buccaneers you can follow her on Twitter at Brianna Dix NFL Bree thank you so much thank you guys selling a little or a lot Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow, whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits. Shopify helps you sell everywhere, from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other other leading commerce platforms and sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast ebay motors is here for the ride remember when you first saw the potential and then through some elbow grease fresh installs and a whole lot of love you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits. 
turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. All right, thanks again to Brianna Dix. Really appreciate her joining us. And thanks again to our brand new sponsor, Boomer Jacks. It is the spot here in DFW. That's where I would be if I was not at the stadium for like 16 hours on Sunday. I would be at Boomer Jacks because they are cooling you off with cool drink specials right now and affordable appetizers and food. And and it is one of my favorite spots to go to. I actually uh, took the kids and the wife out there uh, earlier this week, and it was awesome. It's a great spot for the family. Or it's a great spot for you and the boys to go hang out or, or have one of these, you know, after work happy hours. Perfect spot. Lots of TVs, wall-to-wall TVs, great drink specials, live music. Uh, it's it's just pretty much the perfect spot, Brian Broadus. Yeah, if you're coming into town, if you're one of those folks that listens to us uh, around the world and you're coming in for a Cowboys game and you want to go watch some college football on Saturday night as you're rolling in, hit Boomer Jacks, man. Bobby's right. Great menu, drink specials, all that. I promise your college team will be on the TV at one of their locations. And even though it's September and a lot of other places around the country are starting to cool off, we are still in the 90s here in in Dallas. And uh, so, yeah, if you're coming into town, definitely swing by Boomer Jack's. uh, Cold drink special starting at $3. You're going to want to go check it out. 17 DFW locations. No matter where you are in this vast Metroplex, you will be able to find a Boomer Jack's near you. Go ahead and find yours at BoomerJack's.com. Okay, Brian. So we got some terrifying news today. Uh, oh, no. We got Shoegate, and that's Shoegate. Dak Prescott ends up on the injury Damn report. Michael Jordan. <laughs> he ends up on the injury report uh, with an ankle issue, and it's the right ankle. It's it's that ankle that he he broke um, a couple years ago, and so so that alone is concerning. Just when you see Dak Prescott ending up on the injury report with an ankle, limited at practice, and just to, to kind of pull the curtain back here a little bit, you, you never want to send Cowboys Twitter into a tizzy over something that doesn't matter. Uh, but Brian can tell you, as soon as we walked out of practice, I texted Brian and I said, hey, I don't know if this is anything, but uh, number four just was not out here at the very end of media availability and, and not sure why. He could have been going to the bathroom, I don't know, but he was out here earlier and now he's not and nobody's really sure what happened. Uh, so we were, I, I was kind of wondering if he might pop up on the injury report. Then when we heard he was going to speak to the media still, it was like, oh, okay, I guess he's fine. And then he drops it right there. First thing out of the gate, he says, yeah, you I was limited are, practice today. You guys today. attacked him is what you did. It was, it was you our, guys attacked him with questions. He, he, he had to – look, we had to pepper him a little bit, right? He, he did. We, and we, we need like some answers there. Lintless. And, and, and uh, oh, my, our buddy Jane Slater, she's a bulldog in there. She'll she'll she go did. and go and go. And she'll, she'll get those answers for you. That's one of the reasons why I love Jane. But, uh, Brian, your sense of this, is this anything that we need to be – concerned with it's a very vague ankle issue and 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 Dak is saying it has to do with the the cleats that he was wearing the new Jordan 11s or and and that he was having some problems with those and blisters you hope maybe maybe that could be it you're dealing with a blister uh because it's just it's an it's an odd it's an odd storyline to come out that all of a sudden Dak's limited at practice and what does limited mean do we know if he went back out there and finished practice or did they keep him out the rest of the time a lot of questions here, but Dak is telling everybody, calm down. It is fine. Are you buying that, Brian Broadus? Man, I had a lot of guys tell me that Zeke's knee wasn't hurt either. <laughs> <laughs> or that Amari Cooper wasn't hurt, or Amari the calf Cooper was okay. I, man, I, you know what? I, I did ask somebody in the organization. I said, Dak, ankle, shoe problem? And they go, yeah, he's fine. And yes, shoe problem. And so I'm like... Okay, I, I trust you guys. Uh, I don't know why I do, but I trust you for, for what you're telling me here. But, uh, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens on the injury report tomorrow. I'm sure that Dak Prescott will uh, probably take care of that uh, ankle, blister, whatever he's got, and then he'll be able to, uh, to finish the, the week of practice uh, uh, tomorrow. Yeah, I don't know if – I don't know. I can never trust that they're being completely upfront with us. I, I will lean on this – 
from now the until... The Let's Go is that starting is the, at left The well, Let's tackle. Go at left tackle is going to be the thing that I point back to forever. They lied to us about who was starting at left tackle in a third in a preseason th- game. Pre-season that that game. tells me they will lie about anything, and we won't yeah. necessarily get the truth from them. And so I, I don't know that we're getting the total truth on on what's going on with his ankle or his foot or whatever's happening there. But I think we are getting the truth in them saying it's not anything they're super concerned about. I think if they were concerned about it, we'd hear about it. And I I think if it was something that was genuinely concerning that they were talking about, man, we may have to shut him down. There's no way he's standing up there taking questions from us. I think you're absolutely right. If he's got a bad ankle, he is not standing on a bad ankle taking questions from you and Clarence Hill. I did. I did have to. uh, I I didn't think to do it. So I was having to ask some other people. I was like, did any of y'all happen to look down at his ankle while we were standing there see if he had it taped up or anything nobody did so i i, I don't know but that, that was poor job on our part we should have been looking to see if, Come on, if there Bobby, was a tape. Get better i know i know you I, were I, standing I, right next to cd lamb today while he was doing i was stuff. i was right up front for that one yeah, and yeah, uh yeah. that that's a, a perfect transition actually uh to cd lamb actually before we jump totally into cd lamb i do want to make uh, a point to say we, we talked about michael gallup in the first segment with brie a little bit uh the compression sleeve, the the leg sleeve, or or the the brace, or or, or whatever support Michael Gallup has on that leg for that knee, uh, it was off today at practice. It was there on Wednesday, today on Thursday, it was not there. I don't think that opens up the door that he's going to play in game one. Um, I still think we're looking probably around game three against no, the Giants. You're, yeah, you're right, Bobby. This is uh, I you know I talked to somebody today over there. I was. Uh, I was ambitious for week two, Cincinnati. And, you know, I said, hey, that fooled me on that. That's bad on me. And they're like, no, he just needs to practice well this week, practice well next week, get through that. And then, like you've said all along on our podcast, look for him to play in week three against the Giants is where uh, I'm getting that that vibe. I, I really did believe it was going to be week two. And uh, but you said week three, and it looks like because you're the insider you are, you're going to be right on this. <laughs> I, I don't know about that. Uh, you know, blind squirrels and broken clocks. That's my life story. There you go. There uh, you go. No, but, uh, you know, we did get to see Michael Gallup for the first time do an individual period on Wednesday, yeah. and he looked good. It did look like he was running about three-quarter speed, though, especially uh-huh. when he went into his breaks. When he would cut, you, you definitely saw there, there was some – I don't want to say hesitancy. I just think they probably told him, like, hey, don't push that. We're, we're just working yeah. back in. Don't try a violent cut on this grass and, and you know, have a setback in a meaningless drill. But ultimately, uh, some encouraging news, I think, on the Michael Gallup front. It looks like he is, he is trending upward, and, and there's a lot of confidence, I think, that when they get him back, they're going to have him full go. And so that's encouraging. Now, back. Yeah, yeah great. Real, by the way, great job by Michael working his way back. Great yeah. job by Britt Brit Brown uh, working and getting him ready. I, I heard that there were about 25 routes that uh, that Michael ran, uh, and this probably wasn't in front of the media. Probably so, not. We, we yeah, didn't see yeah, that much. <laughs> yeah, there was 25, 25 routes that he ran, and, and the word was, from what I heard, that it was it was solid work. So Good deal. Know, keep that in mind going forward. Very positive stuff. Uh, transitioning over to the, the receiver they do have right now, C.D. Lamb. Um, who is a guy who, Brian, would you say the first two years that he's been here, whether it be his on-field demeanor or or the way that he's, he's spoken in the media, I, I think it's fair to say that he reflected that receiver room pretty well the first couple of years. It's, it was a pretty quiet, mild-mannered receiver group with Amari Cooper, Michael Gallup, C.D. Lamb. And, you know, we've talked a lot this offseason before we started the podcast. Once we started the podcast, we've discussed this. They they feel like they've missed dogs specifically in the receiver room. That that they they wanted a little bit more of an edge across the team, but receiver room was one of the areas where they thought they needed it. Robert Prince, they think, brings some of that more than Adam Henry, the previous receivers coach. Jalen Tolbert, they think, can bring some of that. And with CeeDee Lamb having to step up and take that number one role, I've I've heard you, you you'll hear some rumblings occasionally that hey, uh, you know, it, it was communicated to him like, hey, look, we want you to be this number one, but we want you to, to have the personality of a number one. We, we want you to bring that juice to that room. And, Brian, I think I think we, we heard it in on full display uh, on Thursday when he spoke to the media. You've heard him speak before. You've heard him do interviews. Pretty, pretty you know, reserved guy. 
Uh, I, I think it's interesting to listen to some of these things that he had to say. Here's CeeDee Lamb, uh, the first cut. Him talking to the media today about his process, how he's approaching the game here in 2022. I'm ready to attack. Like, I have, I mean, it's always been that, it's always been that, you know, that mindset. But, like, now I feel like it's a little different. I have a little extra pep in my step. Because you're now the lead guy? Is that- nah, I've trained for this. I feel like this opportunity that has revealed itself, um, I've worked all my life for this opportunity. So, like, now that I actually have it, then, you know. What will the league learn about C.D. Lamb that they didn't know the last couple of years? Uh, I'm, I'm a different receiver, honestly, and I'm going to continue to say that. And you can say it all you want. I feel like now is the opportunity to, to go out there and show it week in and week out. So, Why are you a different receiver? Uh, like I said, I've trained all off season. Um, I've trained on my, my cons uh, personally that I thought. And uh, just going in day in and day out just with the with the mindset that I've had and that's to win. Sounds like a different guy to me. That sounds like a guy who knows he's got he's to really take hold and lead that room. This is a guy that went from sounding very nervous when he was interviewing to a guy that fired back at Jane Slater on that last, that last question because I've prepared for this. I've worked for this. You know, Todd Archer and Jory and – They've all, you know, they were trying to ask him, you know, kind of give him a little bit of a, you know, why, why? And, you know, his confidence meter, you know, last year at this time, his start of that game against Tampa was not good. No. But by the end of, by the end of that football game, he was bringing it. And, you know, I, I feel like this is, you know, the, this is the season for him. This is, you know, they move on from Amari Cooper. Uh, Gallup is hurt. You know, this is the time when you look at, you know, we all talk about Jefferson and Chase, some of these other receivers that have, you know, in this that, you know, that he's he's kind of like came in the same time with. Yeah. And they're all and, you know, they're all getting these accolades and we're all kind of talking like, well, when's CD going to show up? When's CD going to show up? But there's times where CD has shown up. It just hasn't been as consistent as the Jeffersons and the Chases and the other receivers that are playing in this league who are firmly from the same bottle of wine he is from. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I think that that's something that's gnawing at him a little bit. And you want that. I think it they is. want that chip on the shoulder. They don't want somebody who's passive in that way. And look, I always go back to the quote he gave us in June at OTAs where he said, I feel like if I'm not getting going, this offense isn't getting going. And that's real ownership of the results. And, and that that's a change, I think, in, in the way he's talking. And I actually love it. And I think the Cowboys love it. I think they like that energy out of their number one receiver. Uh, and this is this is another pretty pretty strong quote here from CeeDee Lamb. CeeDee Lamb was asked if he studies, if he pays attention to the NFL Top 100 and some of the top receivers like Cooper Cup, and this is what he had to say about Cooper Cup. I mean, at, the, at your position, at your respective position, I feel like you want you always want to look at the best. And whoever they consider is the best, you want to watch what, what, what he's done throughout the season. And uh, I love what he's done. I love the way he runs routes and his ability to compete. And I'm not too far off, honestly. And that's how, that's personally how I feel. And I feel like I can literally be one of the best receivers in this NFL. You feel like you can be dominant this year? Most definitely. Very direct. Yeah. I, I feel like I can be one of the best receivers in the NFL. You feel like you can be dominant this year? Most definitely. Yeah. And, and again, yeah. that that is not the CD Lamb we heard in years one or two. This is a different person who is really, I think, embracing the mindset of you know, I, I'm the number one. And I got a ch- I walked by his locker after he did his media availability. And I was like, hey, one last question. Is part of your new attitude, your new approach, everything else, is this about being more vocal as well? And and he said, like, look, not necessarily being more vocal, but being open to being more vocal. And he's like, but I'll tell you one thing. I've made it clear to these guys in this room that what you need, you got any questions, you come to me, you ask me. And, I, yeah. and I'm going to be there. Because this isn't about competing with each other here in this receiver room. It's about competing together for an ultimate goal. And so uh, this is a mantle of leadership that CeeDee Lamb seems to have really embraced. And I am much more bullish, I think, after today on CeeDee Lamb's prospects to to take that next step because it sounds like mentally he's there. Let me tell you something about CeeDee Lamb. He was Cooper Cup at Oklahoma. Yeah. You watch Cooper Cup play for the Rams and the way he runs routes, the underneath, the drags, the, the screens, everything – when you watch C.D. Lamb, there was a reason why he was number one on a lot of boards because of his ability to make big plays. He was Cooper Cup at Oklahoma. I mean, he took short little passes and made them really big plays. And that's right now, 
that's not so much on CeeDee Lamb as it is on uh, on Kellen Moore. And I know I, I feel like I'm kicking Kellen Moore every time about this. But look what Dan Quinn did with defensive players and what and, yeah. and how he put uh, guys like Curse. And, and look what he did with Micah Parsons. He made Micah Parsons one of the most feared defensive players in the National Football League. Why? Because he said, you know what? Maybe this guy can rush the passer. Let's see if we can put him as a pass rusher. And all of a sudden, now he can rush the passer. He can cover. He can play off-ball linebacker. You know, he covers ground. See, that's what you have to be willing to do when you're a coach. Take a guy that was Cooper Cup at Oklahoma and make him into that type of player here in the National Football League. I think that's something. And CD, I appreciate everything he said. But by gosh, you know, Kellen Moore, figure it out for this kid. He is a weapon. Use him that way. Absolutely. And I think there you've got all of Cowboys Nation sitting there cheering along with you on that point right there, Brian. Uh, one last thing, and it won't be a clip, but I think there's one little nugget. Uh, I think CeeDee Lamb slipped up, and he revealed the receiver rotation for us on Sunday night because uh, it was asked about doubt in the receiver room and, and them being questioned. And CeeDee said, look, yeah, we're going to miss Coop, and, and look, MG's coming back, but Noah Brown and Simi Fajoko are ready for this opportunity. Those are my guys. Well, it's like, okay, well, that kind of tells me that yeah. it's CeeDee Lamb, Noah Brown, and Simi Fajoko ahead of Dennis well, Houston and Jalen Tolbert. Yeah, I kind of feel like that maybe that, you know, we'll see what happens with Houston, and we'll see what happens with Tolbert. Tolbert might be a guy that's inactive this week. Very, very you know, possible. Very possible that's going to happen. And and I, to me, that's a little bit of, about what happened to him in training camp. I don't think the consistency was there all the time. And, yeah, he practiced a little better once we got back to the star, but the consistency just wasn't there. And so he might find himself on that inactive list when we get it on the Sunday 90 minutes before that football game. You're listening to the Love of the Star podcast. The Love of the Star is an Odyssey podcast, and you can find it on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, Brian, it is now time for our favorite part of the show, our Twitter mailbag. And uh, it's also time for our favorite, or our other favorite part of the show, which is to thank our wonderful sponsor once again, Boomer Jacks. We're so excited to be partnering with them uh, on the Love of the Star here. Uh, it is the perfect spot for a stress-free night out. You know, you, you need, you know, wallet-friendly drinks and food. Boomer Jacks is your spot. You're coming in town for the Cowboys game. Boomer Jacks, the wall-to-wall TVs, the great drink specials, Affordable food, good time to be had there. 17 DFW locations. You can find yours at boomerjacks.com. Brian, we're going to be doing something a little bit different here with our Twitter mailbag. I asked people to send us their questions through video formats. We're actually going to be able to hear from some of our listeners here today and uh, interact with them maybe a little bit more directly. And so the first question here we're going to get is from Andrew Velder. Is Dak in the MVP conversation this year if he plays lights out with this young offense and lifts them to another level than what people expect? Brian, I don't know about you. I think that if Dak Prescott is able to play, you know, uh, up to a really high level and the offense is going to play up to a really high level after they lose Tyron Smith, after so many questions about their offensive line, their weapons at receiver, uh, as long as they're, they're, if he's doing that, then I'm guessing they're in contention for the playoffs. And at that point, I would think he'd be up near the top of, you know, two or three candidates that are really getting looked at as MVPs. Yeah, thank you for the question, Andrew. That was really well done. Uh, Yeah, and he was 
It was Dak was in the MVP conversation after he threw 51 passes and got a win against the Patriots. You know, yeah. that's what it's that's what it's going to take. It's going to take, you know, not completing, not throwing 51 passes, but it's going to take those kind of victories, those signature victories. He's going to have some opportunities against some really good teams. The Packers, you know, to me, the Colts, you know, you can throw the Eagles in there. I think the Eagles are going to have a, a good team. I mean, you're going to have to win some of these signature games, maybe against the Rams, Tampa Bay coming up, Cincinnati. You get those types of victories against those quarterbacks that are also quarterbacks that are considered MVP candidates. You know, you can you can do a lot of good things that way. You know, it's funny. I remember this being a discussion in around 2019. I had this chat with David Hellman, uh, our, our buddy who is now at uh, Fox Sports. He's a TV star. He's a TV star just, like, hanging out with LaShawn McCoy. And, like, it's – You're doing a good job. It's a good He's show. doing great, but it makes me sick, Ryan, to be honest. It makes <laughs> me sick. Uh, no, we love Dave here. And, and we were talking about what is Dak's signature road victory. And, and he hadn't really had one up through 2019. At Pittsburgh, you could say. But, but we talked about – when, when you talk, Green Bay is one that we came up with a little bit earlier yeah. in the season, though. When you look at is he in an MVP conversation, I think in order for him to be in an MVP conversation, that that matchup in November on the road against Green Bay, that's going to be a game where he has to win that if he wants to be considered. No, absolutely. You find a way again. You beat Tom Brady, Joe Burrow. You beat you know you beat Matt Stafford. You know you find a way to beat Matt Ryan again. You know I mean. The Colts are going to be a better team, but those are the kinds of things you're going to have to navigate along the road. And, you know, you beat the guys who everybody considers the top six, seven quarterbacks in the league, you're going to get in the MVP mentions every single time. Next question here is from Chris Davis. Hey, Ryan and Bobby, love the podcast. Love a star is the best one out there. So my question for you guys is, do you believe the Cowboys defense will consistently put more pressure on the quarterback than they did last year, even with the loss of Randy Gregory? Keep up the great work, guys. Thank you very much, Chris. Um, I appreciate that, Chris. Yeah, this is a tough question. I think on the interior, they're going to generate more pressure uh, coming inside than they did last year. I don't know if they're going to get more pressure on the edges. Um, I mean, other than just Mike Parsons is a freak and, and wherever they line him up and they get that. Um, I will say I was doing a, some research earlier today, Brian, um, and I was trying to figure out, you know, Tom Brady, he gets the ball out so quick, it's really tough to right. sack him. Uh, I did find the interesting note that since 2017, when you include playoffs and regular season, nobody has sacked Tom Brady more than Dante Fowler. He's done it five times, um, and, and that's the most of anybody in the league. In fact, second, I think, has three sacks, so he's up uh, by a couple there, and that's the way it's going to have to be. You're going to have to, you know, Dante Fowler, if he can stay healthy – and if he can, you know, play motivated football under Dan Quinn, who he thinks very highly of, I think he's got similar type of skill set to Randy Gregory in terms of that quick get off and an impressive athlete who can, you know, rip around the edge, dip under the tackle. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. I think generate more pressure. Yes. Get more sacks. I don't know. But I, I think they will generate more pressure this year. I am very interested. Brianna Dix even brought this up. She was right about this with what's going on at center and guard for the Buccaneers. And she mentioned Oso Digizua, you know, Tristan Hill. You know, if you go back and look at the scouting reports with those two young players for the Bucks, quickness gave those guys problems. Yeah. When they when they had to face quickness, and that's what you're going to get from Osa. You're going to get that from Tristan Hill. So if the pressure can start in this game and then all of a sudden it it works to the edges, uh, I, I I think that, you know, Dorrance Armstrong, I think, is going to have a big year. Uh, we talked to Tank Lawrence. He seems like he is ready to yeah. go and, and get this season going the right way. You know, they've got the guys that are capable. We all talk about Parsons. I think they're going to move him around. I think Parsons, their teams are going to set their protection off him. And if they set the protection off him, that's going to free up others to try and get home and win one-on-one. So, yeah, the pressure, uh, it's not always about all the sacks, but the pressure about it I think is important uh, when you go forward. Uh, into the season you know it's uh it's interesting you bring up osa there and that's something that we've talked a lot about having a really good camp Marie's talking about yeah, it you know yeah. and, and again she's she's covering the buck so she knows what's could potentially happen inside it, it, it could go either it could go at left tackle for the cowboys and it could go at the left guard and center for the, the yeah Bucks. So, yeah and, yeah and mike mccarthy talked about and we you know this is something that's been discussed is that the way to get to tom brady is up the middle but he's also somebody who gets rid of the ball really quickly yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And I, I, I stopped you by You get us. him to hold it. You get him to hold the ball. Bobby, That's, I'm going to say this real quick. 
I think this this game has to be won for the Cowboys in the middle of the field. I said it on I was on I'm on Cowboys break now. Yeah. And I told the guys on on uh on Thursday, I said, listen, Cowboys have to win the game in the middle of the field because that's where Tom Brady wants to throw the ball. He wants to throw it to a crosser, he wants to throw it to a tight end, he wants to get rid of it. He wants to get that's the easiest throw for him to make. The outside throws aren't as easy for Tom as they once were. Now he could still throw a deep ball and those guys can go get it, you know, no question. Evans can go get it. But going to the outside, you see more incompletions than you do with the passes he throws in the middle of the field. Well, and it's interesting because I, I, I had asked Osa at his locker today. I just came by there and I was like, hey, you know, they're, they're talking, Mike McCarthy's talking about it's got to be one up here in the middle, you know, a lot counting on you to, to win these reps. And I asked him, I said, you know, how do you how do you attempt to prepare for that? Like, like, like how do you make sure – that you get that advantage to be able to get to him in time when he does release the ball so quickly. And, you know, Oso was talking about, like, snap anticipation. Um, you're going to need to make sure that you're winning with your first move. Um, and, and if you don't win with your first move, he said one of the big keys to him is you you can't give up on the play. You've got to play high motor, high intensity. He said because Tom Brady's not always going to be able to get the ball out in two and a half seconds like he wants. And so he said, yeah. there are going to be those times where he's holding on to the ball for three or four yeah. seconds. and we Especially can't just, the secondary holds up. Yeah, and the secondary like, can hold up. And yeah. he's like, we can't give up on those plays. we got to play yeah. through the whistle and, and, and play with intensity throughout. So I thought that was good stuff from Oso Digizua. Uh, next question here from one of our loyal listeners, Dr. Mark Klee. Hey, Bobby and Broadus. Quick question about Ezekiel Elliott. I heard a take that we would think differently about him had he just gotten about 500 rushing yards and five touchdowns and then sat out the rest of the season after he got injured rather than how he performed overall playing hurt the last half of the season or so. Just wanted to know your guys' thoughts on that take. Thanks. Yeah, I think that that's probably pretty accurate. If if Ezekiel Elliott had just shut it down and healed up from that, then we all would have remembered just that beginning of the season where he ran really well, looked like he had turned back the clock. Um, but that's not what happened. And so it, it did, you know, you, we saw over the course of a season where he struggled, pass protection wasn't as great as it had been in the past. Yeah. Um, and, and, and just looked like, you know, father time was starting to catch up. Now, we'll see if it was just related to that knee injury and if he comes back looking healthy. But I don't disagree. I think that had things been shut down earlier in the season, we probably look more favorably on Zeke heading into this year. Or we would have said, like, keep Zeke on the bench and let Tony Pollard start every game because Tony Pollard could have probably, you know, Tony Pollard was averaging about a yard more, uh, you yeah. know, uh, a rush. You know, maybe things would have been different. Maybe they could have run the football because when you're talking about to the hole, through the hole, the quickness, there's a difference between 20 and 21 running the football. Yes. You can see it. You don't need to be the former NFL scout to see that. You see it with your own eyes. So if Zeke was unavailable. We might be having the conversations like, well, can Zeke unseat uh, Tony Pollard as the primary back for the Dallas Cowboys? I, you know, you say uh, you see that difference to the whole through the oh, whole you see between it. 20 you see and 21. It. Yeah. Do you think we're going to be talking by the end of the year that we see that difference with 23 and 21? Rico Dowdle looks really impressive when he hits oh, the he's, hole. Yeah, he's, he, he does look impressive. I mean, these backs, they've got backs that can get to and through the hole. Uh I just, you know, they, they they think Zeke is a warrior. That's yeah. what, you know, Mike McCarthy is all along. Mike McCarthy is going to die on that hill with Ezekiel Elliott carrying the football. That, yeah. that, I mean, if Mike McCarthy keeps his job, it's because Ezekiel Elliott found a way to get a rushing attack this year. If it doesn't work out and they, they mismanage again, uh, I say mismanage, but if Pollard doesn't play and you can see it again with your eyes, then we're going to have a different head coach and different offensive coordinator here next year. Let's go over to the next question now. Hey there, Bobby and Brian. This is Mario from the Talking Boys with the Boys podcast. I'm really excited about defensive line depth this season as it's something we haven't had in quite a while. The Cowboys released an official depth chart the other day showing Quentin Bohanna listed with the first team over Neville Gallimore. A, do you think that's anything worth reading into? And B, with the defensive game plan in mind, what is your ideal starting defensive lineup for the Tampa Bay game Sunday night? Keep up the good work. Go Cowboys. Uh, I think that's absolutely something to read into. I think this team likes yeah. Bohanna more than Neville Gallimore right now. I think they do, too. I think there were things about Neville Gallimore. Bobby, you were on this really, really early, that, that maybe the fact that Neville Gallimore was playing more into the preseason, late into the preseason games, they weren't particularly happy with him. I think we'll see if things have changed there. But Quentin Bohanna uh, has, has earned the opportunity to be uh, DT1 
uh, for these Dallas Cowboys, especially at that one technique. Yeah, absolutely. And I think in terms of the the grouping, the like the type of defense you want to see against the Buccaneers, my personal preference would be I'd like Lawrence and Fowler on the edges, Ohana and Odigizua inside. You come in there with Parsons and Van Der Esch, and then you, know, you roll with uh, Diggs, Lewis, Brown. If Lewis is hurt, I'd prefer Bland over Joseph or uh, Nashawn Wright. And then, you know, your safety is J. Ron Curse and Malik Hooker. Um, but they'll, they'll play some three safety looks probably with Donovan Wilson and Mukwamu also getting some reps in there. Um, but, yeah, I think absolutely they're on the interior for me. Bohanna and Odigizua, I think, are the clear-cut best defensive tackle combo they can run out there right now. I'm going to start Dorrance Armstrong and right end and see where would. him. Yeah, I'm going to see where Armstrong and Fowler both are right there. I think there's a possibility – uh, that Sam Williams might be an inactive guy this week. Keep an eye on that. Yeah, I, I think that that's a good bet. And, you know, it's funny. You talked about Tolbert potentially being an inactive. Yeah. Can you imagine if they would have gone into game one with Tolbert inactive, Williams inactive, and Tyler Smith not starting if Tyron was healthy and they went with McGovern? Mm, that would tough. That would have been a really tough thing to swallow. Uh, let's go with one more question here. Final one here from Russell Mabin. Do you feel like there's any legs to the conspiracy theory that Jerry's setting them up to do just good enough to where they can stay relevant and make money, but then also be able to fire Mike McCarthy and hire Sean Payton and then maybe use his fantastic salesman skills to keep uh, Dan Quinn? Just curious. I don't don't know. I'm actually of the belief that the apple of Jerry's eye as the next head coach would probably be Quinn over Peyton. Myself, I agree. I, 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 I don't agree. know and that I don't know that they want to have the personnel battle fights with Sean Payton that I don't think they'd have with Dan Quinn. I think you're right about that, Bobby. I think that Will McClay and Stephen Jones they feel like that they've got this scouting department where they need it to be. The player acquisitions, the even though it's not go out and get free agencies, they, you know, they, they went and got uh, Jason Peters, which was a great move, in my opinion, to uh, shore up an area that potentially could be bad. But I, I don't think that you want – and I love Sean Payton like a brother. I really, really do. He and I, I go way, 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 way back when he was getting coffee for coaches in <laughs> Philadelphia. That's how long I've known Sean Payton. But I'd love to have him here. I'd love him for to be able to help Dak Prescott. We'll see what happens with Mike McCarthy. I don't want to throw dirt on Mike right now. But if you're looking at that going forward, I, I think Jerry has really not that much to do with what's going on. I think that if if it's the if the next coach, he helped get Dan Quinn to stay. By all means, Dan Quinn should be probably the coach of the Denver Broncos right now. But he's not. But the contract is like he's a head coach in the NFL, the way he's being paid. I think that Will and Steven would fight their rears off to make sure that Jerry hired Dan Quinn instead of Sean Payton. That, I don't think, is a conspiracy at all, but I think that's Will and and Steven want to keep the personnel department in line, and they can do it if they have Dan Quinn as their head coach. That will do it for us here on The Love of the Star. The next time we'll talk to you will be reaction to the Buccaneers and Cowboys game on Monday. Uh, Brian, really quickly, I don't need to score from me, but, but Buccaneers or Cowboys, who do you got in this first one? Yeah, I'll just take the – you know, I, I like the Cowboys here. I think the Cowboys defensively, if the Cowboys weren't good enough defensively, I think it would be a real problem. I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to think both offensive lines are going to be okay in this game. But I think there's going to be something defensively that's going to happen. And, I, I you know, the Cowboys, I think – I think Mr. Turnover still lives on that Cowboys sideline. They showed a lot, you know, with their backups getting turnovers during the, the season. I think that uh, I think Mr. Turnover is still hanging out over there. So we'll see if they can uh, make Tom Brady and, or or uh, or you know, Fontenot, uh, excuse me, Fournette, uh, you know, tip a ball in the air, something like that, where they can get an interception or two and turn this game around. And I'll play the bad guy and I'll pick the Buccaneers in a low-scoring game. I think we're going way under. I think Vegas has it at fifty okay. and a half right now. I'm saying way under, like twenty to fourteen or something. I'll like be that. the homer this time around. There, there right? we go. Uh, for Brian Broadus, I am Bobby Belt. We'll talk to you guys again on Monday. <laughs>